Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bart Reed's player profile and scouting report is brought to you by the Hoop 5 Basketball Academy. Hello, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Mr. Hello. Bart Reed. Good afternoon, Randy. How are you? Man, doing great. Uh, I love being able to uh, I've said it so many times. I, I just love being at a, at a automobile dealership because I just love to go out and look at the vehicles. Kick tires. Kick tires. That's kick you tires. Like you know, Bart, he There's doesn't nothing even look like at a new the car. vehicles. He, he doesn't even look at the vehicles. He just kicks the tires. That's all he does. <laughs> you, you ever heard anybody doing that? No, but I can tell you there is no greater feeling than getting in a new car and getting that new car smell. Am I right, guys? Oh, it's Absolutely. Nice. You bet. No doubt. Especially if you kick the tires first. Yeah, i got to kick the tires. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as usual, they're waiting on you by way of our Asher Record Service company. So here we go. Sparky says, what does Bart think keys to the game are? Also, is it more important to stop inside or stop the three-point shot? Woo. Well, all right, so the keys of the game are going to be defending the three-point line. So if you look at it, Arkansas is the top 20 in the country holding teams to about 30% from the three-point line. So that's been a huge recipe for success no matter what team we're playing. It especially comes into play against UConn because they take about 24 to 25 a game. They went 10 for 22 against St. Mary's. But, guys, it's how they get them in such a hurry and they can go on these huge 20-point runs by hitting three or four three-point shots. So certainly limiting three-point attempts or certainly try to contest three-point attempts, every three-point attempt. And the big guy from UConn, he might be the most unique guard that uh, guard in defending that we have seen all year. He is so skilled with footwork. I, I, so he is going to create all types of problems for us. Uh, certainly he can score inside. He's got great hands. He can pass. So we're going to have to keep him somewhere around the 12-point range and keep him below his average because he really did dominate the game against St. Mary's. And I think for us, it's going to be about limiting turnovers and continuing to hit free throws. So I think those are the big four. Well, speaking of Sonogo, the one thing that impressed me the other night watching him against St. Mary's is he can spin left, he can spin right. He use that little drop step and then spin, but he can go either direction, which I'm not sure Oscar Shibway knows what his left is. And that's yeah. no disregard or disrespect to Shibway. But Sonogo presents, as you said, a little different challenge. He is so mobile inside. So, Randy, does he remind you of a young Akeem Olajuwon? Because he moves like it. He's almost yeah. got that soccer feel to him so Sonogo is definitely man I was so impressed with him and he's big and strong so he's he's got that body that can push around and kind of get to that low post position even if we deny him that at, at the start which the Mitchell twins have been really good at doing that this year so that's going to be a huge matchup to look at Randy I don't it's hard to say that inside or outside but I will say this I think you would rather Sonogo get 25 and have them make 13 three-point shots because then I think you're in trouble. So I think defending the three-point line becomes the most important aspect 
for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Mm. Interesting. Now, Bart, what, one of the interesting twists that has occurred in the first two games, Iona and St. Mary's uh, for Connecticut, has been they are or have been at least uh, a second-half team. You were yeah. talking about denying that three-pointer. Well, Hawkins came out uh, to begin the Ooh. second half, and he drilled, I think it was four in a row, uh, beyond yeah. the three-point line. All of a sudden, the game was just blown wide open. So, yep. I mean, is this is this a case where you just hope Devo can stick with him, and then if you if you need to, then you spend 20 fouls between the Mitchell twins and maybe uh, Jalen Graham and Kamani Johnson and trying to control the inside with Sonogo. I mean, this this really is is a unique aspect. It, well, it's a lot like playing Alabama. Uh, if you want yeah. to slough off on the three-point shooters, they'll kill you. If you want to yeah. jump up on them, they'll put it on the floor, drive it around you, or they'll manage to find Oglesby, whoever it is down inside the uh, inside the lane. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a two-headed monster, and it's almost like you said, is it better to give Sonogo 25 points, but then you shut down Hawkins, Newton, and the rest of the game? So I think you'll see, Randy, it's a good point. I think you'll see a lot of that because Hawkins, for a sophomore, has a sweet stroke. But, guys, they had three players with over 100 three-point attempts throughout the year. That's a lot of three-point shots mm-hmm. taken. So it's not just Hawkins. They've got Tristan Newton that can get hot. He does a little bit of everything. So you have to stay glued to your man. There's no letdown. So St. Mary's had a little bit of letdown in the second half where they kind of relaxed a little bit, and they made them pay in a hurry. And that's what I'm talking about, how fast they can shoot three-point shots and put points up. I think you'll see limited help from players like Devo and Anthony Black with their matchups. They're going to stay glued to their man. They're going to let them take three mid-range shots. I think they're going to run them off the line contest every three-point shot, let them take the mid-range and stay glued to Sonogo and give give him none of the, the, the driving kick or driving lob for a slam dunk. So I think they're going to give up some mid-range buckets and certainly try to run them off the line and contest, Randy. They'll, they'll contest every three-point shot. All right, let's talk to Jerome. Jerome, good afternoon. you got a question or comment for Mark. Yeah, uh, hey, Mark, I was uh, wondering if you – had a feeling as to uh, as far as who you think gonna come back next year. Ooh. Well, I tell well, you what, Jerome, that's saying, it could change. I think about now it, the it could change yeah. by how things go in the next four games, don't you think, Bart? Or one game, or two games, or however many they play. Could could it change? I or do. do you think it's already determined? I, I think it can change. I think you'll get some fluctuation. I think the big one coming back, I think Trayvon Brazil, the injury is causing him to come back. And I think all things being equal, he was our, I think, our overall best player at the start of the year. I think he was yes. emphatically gone had he stayed healthy. So yeah, that's a big yeah. one. I yeah. think Jordan Walsh comes – I know Jordan Walsh comes back. Yeah, Who good. you're looking at is Anthony Black and Devo Davis. I can tell you, Jerome, from talking to NBA executives, they love Devo Davis. For his defensive ability on the court. I love Devo. Now, I wanted to get back to the question I asked Rick yesterday, if you don't mind, because Rick answered it, but he didn't answer it the way that I 
intended to ask it. So, Rick, let me try it again. What I was speaking on about Debo was not him being a top 10 Razorback, just yeah. being an all-time Razorback. Yeah, he is not not top Not 10. top 10. We know he's not, you know, one a Joe Johnson or a Ronnie Brewer Jr. or even a Bobby Portis. But I'm just talking about as far as his performances in the, in the tournament. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the yeah, tournament, he's, in the, he's the top 10. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, thank you, guys. Okay, thanks for calling. All right. I, I wouldn't put him much outside the top ten. you got to look at the – Devo is a winner. If you look at his years and look at the combined records on those teams, and he's a big part of that, whew, that's on some of the best Razorback basketball teams we've had in our history. So I wouldn't say he's much outside the top ten. Rick, would you say he's top 20, 25? Could be, but I can name ten real quick. <laughs> that, sure. That, that I mean, real quick. That would be uh, higher quality than Devo, and who did it in NCAA tournament games? Who did it in the regular season? You know, we're all raving about Devo now because he's game against Kansas. In the middle of the year, people were complaining like crazy about him <laughs> because he just threw the ball away. So to sure. put him now because he had a great game against Kansas, which I I did say. That second half against Kansas was, in my opinion, the best half any Razorback has ever had in an NCAA tournament game. I, I do think that. But that's one game. And to put him in the top 10 or top 15 of all time because he was absolutely incredible against Kansas, no, I'm not doing that. Now, if somebody else wants to, they can. But, you know, you want to put him with Sidney Moncrief and Scott Hastings and uh, Daryl Walker and Alvin Robertson, and I, I, I can name a whole bunch of them. Now, is he vital to this team this year? Absolutely. Would they be where they are right now without Devo Davis? No way. This guy is the heart of this team. Yep. He is the heart and soul of rock and roll. All right, hang tight. Bart, we've got to step aside for a moment. Bart Reed, pure sweat basketball skills, thanks to Hoop Five. Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater, Drive Time Sports. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. We're Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Did you kick some tires, Randy? Yeah, yeah, I'm over there. Hey, Bart, let, let me just say also uh, what I just said. Yeah. I, I do think we tend to so emphasize the present that we forget yeah. a lot of the things that have happened. And I, I love Devo Davis. And, that, and I meant what I said. His half against Kansas, we have never seen a half like that in an NCAA game. But, you know, that, that doesn't, you know, and I guess I'm, I'm last night Shohei Otani strikes out Mike Trout. Uh, what a Japan, great So moment. Japan wins one game, right? And people are calling it one of the greatest at bat and pitcher matchups ever. And I'm thinking, really? Are you kidding me? There was nothing on the line other than, yeah, the World Baseball. That's pretty nice, but that's not the World Series or anything like that. I, I, it was a great moment. I'm glad people saw it. But all of a sudden you're saying this was the greatest ever? No. But we tend to do that when something like this happens. Now, if Arkansas yeah. wins the national championship and Devo Davis scores in double figures in every game, I'll put him on the list of all-time NCAA Razorbacks immediately. How's that? Yeah, and, I, and Rick, I think a lot of this goes back to what the caller asked who's coming back. If oh, Devo yeah. Davis comes yeah, which, back oh, for another, you never gave an answer. What do you think about Devo Davis coming back? Well, I think he, uh, I think well, I think that depends. Like Randy said, or and you said, the next game or two games, or possibly they get further than that. So his stock continues to rise because 
Rick, you said it best. NBA executives certainly live in the present more so than the past. Yes, they um, do. So it depends on his stock. But certainly, we talk about greatest Razorbacks. So much of it depends on your tenure and how long you stay. You know, Sidney Moncrie stayed right. the whole time. Four years. It's hard that's to right. compete against that. Right. That's right. That, but that's where Devo's got a chance because he's been here three years, and if he plays a fourth year and Arkansas yes. advances, then you got yep. something to talk about. Uh, now, would it, it probably would be fine if he wants to go to the NBA tryouts and, you know, like go in, put his name in where he could pull his name out. I'd see nothing yep. wrong with that. Would, do you think that's a good thing for Devo to try doing? I, I think that's what any player, Rick, to be honest with you, that has aspirations. They need to do that and do their due diligence unless they're just a lock lottery pick because more information the better so they can make really good decisions. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, I need to uh, say thanks again to Double D's for supplying me. No, they didn't. Uh, but I did gas. I'm surprised did they didn't. <laughs> I did gas. I did grab. And then I took off from Searcy to come to Russellville. Mm. And uh, I kept looking for other doubles, Double D's locations along the way in case I needed any kind of refills because – it's all about the monthly specials with me because I love saving money. I love taking advantage of uh, whether it be 70 cents off or 50 cents off or a quarter, whatever it may be, because those, those dollars, nickels, and quarters all add up. And then um, uh, I sure need to uh, keep saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I need to sign up for that rewards card just like you can where you can save money on your purchases at all stores. And if you're looking for a great place to work, go to DoubleBees.com and apply online. That's DoubleBees, where you gas it, grab it, and go make it DoubleBees. I will not read, Bart, some of the um, uh, feedback I've received on uh, Nick, but I will read this question from our Asher Record Service Company live feed feedback. Uh, Little Rock Dan says, Bart, do we need his points to go to the final four nick smith jr well let's say this it's the toughest probably the toughest path to a final four i mean because if you win this game which uconn is an extremely great four seed then you're going to go match up potentially with a tennessee yeah. team that has given us fit and is yeah. so great defensively it's hard to even really comprehend how, how physical and, and disciplined they are. So no, no, eventually, whoa, whoa, whoa. it wouldn't be Tennessee yet. It would be no, either be. Gonzaga or UCLA. Yeah, Gonzaga. And those two teams, I, I personally think are better than Connecticut, but I could be wrong on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I was mistaken. Yeah. So but either way, the path is so tough to get yes. there. Yeah. You, you have this situation where every time Nick or and this is any big player – that's averaging a certain amount of points or has a significant role in the offense, you're putting a lot of pressure on other players. Ricky Council has stepped up as big as any player I have seen in a long time in terms of just concentration and going up and knocking down big yep. free throws. Yes. But we've seen the Razorback team miss those. <laughs> so certainly I think to make it to the Final Four, you need some type of production from Nick Smith Jr., if not on the offensive end. Guys, I I was more disappointed on his defensive effort than I was his offensive effort. 
he got beat several times from overplaying and stopping a middle drive and gave up baseline and gave up silly fouls on a couple of and ones. So I was more disappointed in that. So you need production from Nick Smith Jr. on the offense or defensive end. All right, let's talk with uh, Greg. He has been holding, we hope, patiently. Uh, right there. Rick, Randy, I appreciate you guys taking my call. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, you guys kind of uh, uh, got my earlier question uh, at the beginning, but uh, uh, I'm, you know, I know it's an inside-out game, and, uh, you know, Snuggo is a, a beast. Uh, you know, I, I agree. I think we need to run them off the three-point line. But, Bart, what would you uh, – how would you handle Snogo defensively? I mean, are we gonna are we gonna man this guy up, or we're gonna dip down and try to double team him for a second or two? Uh, how you gonna yeah. how you gonna handle this big man down low and 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 you know hopefully limit him to under thirty points and uh, run these guys off the three point line because I think we can still win, you know, if we uh we we don't get a bunch of threes from him. But how do you, how do you handle this man? Uh, uh, one-on-one or, or, or dip down a double team for a moment or two? How, how would you handle that, Mark? Yeah, well, certainly I think what Coach, Coach Buckham is going to do since an NBA guy, he's going to do what St. Mary's did not, and he's going to wall up. And he's basically going to take away Sonogo from getting to the middle. Post guys like that, when they get into the middle, it causes all types of problems. So they're going to wall up, get on his top side, push him more baseline. Greg, it's a great question. So a dig down is where a guard would double team, do a quick double team when the entry pass goes in the post. UConn is so great shooting the basketball. I don't know how much you can dig down to do that. But certainly there are going to be matchups where when it goes in the post, you will get a quick double team dig down either from a not hot hand or maybe from a nail from a help side defender three or four spots. But I think he'll do a little bit of that and certainly be big, and they will try not to commit fouls unless they really just want to slow him down. Then you might see him take some fouls and put him on the free throw line. Well, Bart, that brings up an interesting question, at least to me it does. Might we see a little bit more zone out of Arkansas than certainly what we've seen? I mean, what you basically described a moment ago is putting up a wall, well, it's kind of hard to put up a wall in the man-to-man unless you just, like you say, you switch off and you got a couple of guys that are there to prevent that drive. So might we see a little bit more zone out of Arkansas than usual? Hey, Bart, before you answer that, do you think we should turn the laugh track on? Arkansas they never <laughs> plays. They never play zone. You, you think, I was it's, trying to well, be nice and say a little bit. <laughs> You're trying to talk them into it. They don't do it. It's a great question. He has played zone. I remember him playing zone. I can't tell you what game it was. Two or three minutes? Yeah, okay. Well, zone is like his substitution. I think when the pressure's on, (laughs) you you can bank that Coach Musselman is going to stick to that man-to-man. Now, there's there's been times, guys, where we played in the NCAA tournament, I thought we should have played zone a couple of times, especially against some teams that are not shooting the ball well. Because we play a really great kind of matchup zone. We've looked good when we select yeah, the times think, we have. I think so, too. Run it. Yep, yep. So, it's so but it just leaves so many holes on yeah. the perimeter that it, it, it really stretches the guys. And Coach Musselman thinks it's too hard to rebound out of a zone. And that's the one drawback that I know he does not like. So, against this team with Sonogo, you better get every rebound. 
Okay. Forget I asked the question. I really didn't want to know. Okay. Savage, real quick, you got about 10 seconds to answer this, Mark. Does uh, UConn play zone or man-to-man? Uh, man-to-man. Yeah, you might see a little bit of both against us. All right, we're bringing back Mark tomorrow for an encore presentation before the Arkansas-UConn game. All right, Mark. Thanks, dude. Hills Bye. Equipment in Searcy and check